guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this is... Hello. And also... <laughs> hey, it's uh, Robin and... Hi, I'm William, and this is Robin. And uh, we're from Mystic Novelty Company. <laughs> you guys did great. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always throw everybody off with it. Um, yeah, so here we are, back with, with more guests. As promised last week, how exciting. And... Um, what a treat to have you both on. I, I know I've been trying to get you guys on. Well, not just this show. You were supposed to come on uh, People Who Make Stuff, but then we um, failed at that. So not you guys, but me and me and Pato, um just didn't do very good jobs. At- <laughs> I wouldn't even I wouldn't even throw my hat in the ring on that failure. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think I did a pretty good job with that. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. it's not around anymore. So I- right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, it's whatever. You know what? You try things and they don't work and you move on. Exactly. Um, Pato, how was your weekend? Yeah, uh, it was all right. the the uh, The big thing that happened to me was uh, my family went out of town and left me home alone without the dogs. Ooh. So yeah, I got to got to Risky. chill out, relax all weekend, except for Saturday night because I went to Rock Island Public House to see at the drive-in Big Money Hustlers. Which, I did see that you saw that. <laughs> yes, uh, which is uh, the first ICP movie. And St. Clown Posse has two movies, Big Money Hustlers, and then the sequel slash prequel, Big Money Rustlers, which is set in the Wild West. And yeah, they were doing Big Money Hustlers on Saturday and Rustlers on Sunday. Unfortunately, I have a grown-up job, so I wasn't able to go to the Sunday night one. But um, I did go to the Saturday night one, and I have to say, Big Money Hustlers is an excellent piece of cinema. Did they ever find out, out. Did they find out how magnets work? uh no that they did not touch upon that in in that movie i think this was before their magnets had piqued their curiosity yeah this this was released in 2000 so um this was when they were still largely ignorant to magnets existence in the first place but it was good man it was a throwback to dolmite and the black exploitation movies of the 70s and uh it was it was really entertaining i had a really good time with it were there the whole audience juggalos there there, uh, I don't know who those people were. I mean, I didn't really talk to them, but there was people there. And a friend of mine went on some website called Fago Tracker oh. and found a Meyer of all places. I did not, I don't know if they, if she encountered any Duende in the bathroom, <laughs> but um, tracked down some Fago and uh, got some cotton candy and some strawberry. I had a little bit of the strawberry. It was decent, but I hear the cotton candy was a little bit too sweet, although I did not try it, so. Okay. Yeah, that was my Saturday. It was exciting. And then Sunday, I spent uh, all day working on me and Daniel Thorndike's uh, new podcast, Y2K Movies. So me and Daniel of the Blue Room Insight Podcast, we actually, it's it's good that we have Robin and Billy on this week because we met in IRL at the Withville UFO Fest. And um, we hit it off. We became uh, very good friends. We bonded over a deep, uh, non-ironic, mutual love for Glenn Danzing and kind of <laughs> kept the relationship, kept the friendship going offline or online, I guess you would say, and have been texting each other. And we decided to do this thing where uh, every week we're going to talk about movies that are released like today, like from the past couple of years. Um, I feel like there's a lot of time and effort being spent on film, Twitter and, uh, pod, you know, the Internet kind of just pouring over the same old classic horror movies over and over again, talking about evil dead Two, talking about reanimator doing like, 
you know, franchise retrospectives on all the Hellraiser movies and shit. And um, I am a guy in my 40s. I don't watch movies as much as I used to. So I like the idea of kind of paying attention and celebrating the new classics that are coming out and the stuff from the past five, 10 years that's worth checking out. Cause I don't know the difference anymore. You know what I mean? I, I'm not, I don't have my finger on the pulse, but Danny kind of does. So between the two of us, hopefully we'll get some good conversations going. So wow, very, I, I'm excited. I, I had no idea. This was a huge surprise to me. We, and no, yeah, what do you mean we? Well, no, like, like you said, like, you know, you, you talk about, we, you know, you go back and forth and you kind of have ideas and we start stuff, we stop stuff. This is something that we've been texting each other about probably for like two months. And then finally, and he's, God bless Dan, because he was like, he's been the uh, cheerleader on this where he'll text me like every week and a half, like, hey, so you want to do this sometime? Or, hey, I had an idea. What if we did it like this? Or, you know, and uh, it's an idea that evolved right after the Withful UFO thing. We started kind of just talking and, and the idea started to kind of grow. And it finally was this weekend where we came up with four movies. Where I'm like, let's do a month's worth of shows in one afternoon and just get them done. We did Prey, Nope, uh, Revealer, which is the first episode that dropped this Monday, uh, the 15th. And then we did, um, I don't know. It'll be a surprise. Oh, uh, Shark Side of the Moon. It'll be a surprise. Is, yeah, <laughs> Shark Side of the Moon, the 2B original uh, from Asylum yeah. that just hit streaming this week. So, uh, yeah, it, it was, it, we've been talking about it and we just finally pulled the trigger on it. And it's something that, you know, we all know how easy podcasting is. The whole sure. thing kind of finally came together in the course of like 24 hours. Well, so, um, well, congratulations, Pato, on, on your new endeavor and, uh, <laughs> for, being, for, for starting a podcast with white people, to, white guys talking about movies. Like, absolutely. yeah, it's fucking groundbreaking. You know Thank what? God someone finally gave us a voice, right? Whatever <laughs> it is that you do in your life, you need to be the biggest, baddest, and the best. And I believe that you are the biggest, baddest, and the best. So I think you'll do great. And of course, if you would like myself on, uh, I'll, I'll come. I'll come on sometimes. Um, we should do a crossover episode with Monster Radio. We'll find something. Ooh. I don't know if they make like a werewolf movie or, or a movie about cryptids or monsters. That's a good idea. That That's would, a good yeah, idea. If I can suggest yeah. a movie. So William, sure. William has a music credit in a a, a movie oh, yeah, yeah. that our friend made horror movie. Oh, what's he called? Uh, the Scrotum Two. But there was um <laughs> there was two Scrotum movies. And do I have to see the first one to follow the second one? <laughs> uh, you know, it probably helps. But uh, you know, okay. I recommend both of them. <laughs> They should be sure. I think they're both on Amazon Prime. Um, but wonderful. but yeah, William's got a song in a in Scrotum too. Yeah. In Scrotum too, I have a thank you credit just for being. Are there you know, two me. scrotums in Scrotum too, or just one scrotum? No, it's one scrotum, mm -hmm. but there are two scrotum movies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so when did the second one come out? Not that long ago. Uh, about a year ago. About a year ago. Yeah. Oh, to the premiere. Dude. And they're both they're both you know it's tongue in Scrotum. You know. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you guys are the best guests we've ever had. I swear to God. Uh I we will definitely we will because you guys are responsible for this blessed union happening in the first you guys are also responsible in a very indirect way from from the uh, ICP thing happening because That's I true. found out that Ashley was a juggalo on the oh drive home from the Withville <laughs> UFO Fest. And we were talking about it when my buddy Mike was on. We did a we did an episode about the uh, supposed mattress firm conspiracy. My buddy Mike Vanderbilt, who's the curator of the drive-in at Rock Island Public House, was on 
we were talking about Juggalos, and that's how he got the idea to do this weekend at the drive-in, the ICP weekend, was because of my uh, uh, Juggalo fascination, which stemmed from us driving home from the Withful. Everything comes back to that Withful UFO Fest. It was yeah. legendary. Well, I had to explain yeah. Juggalo lore to Pat O because he had never really understood or realized that it was such a big thing, and he claims that there's no Juggalos in Chicago. So <laughs> I never came. Yeah. <laughs> I never came across any in the wild. Ashley, do you stab people by any chance? <laughs> I'm not a juggalo. Pat O keeps telling everybody I'm a juggalo. I'm not a juggalo. Um, I, I've been very... Um, ever since we started talking about this, I get hundreds of requests from, from, from clowns on Facebook all the time. Like, literal people in fucking clown makeup. And I'm just like, no, you guys. <laughs> that juggalo life. <laughs> and whatever i don't even know what do they say uh much clown love i, I don't even know their phrases um but we have talked about doing uh vending the gathering of the juggalos now this is now that this has become such a thing for us um which i i would definitely still be down to do yeah, um, go in there like tia tequila and get beat up oh my god did she really get beat up at the gathering oh, yeah. <laughs> what we've heard there's a video of it yeah what is, well see that's why i want to go they hunted bigfoot this year at the gathering like for real <laughs> what's it like big stank or some shit but Sean yeah. went there and she didn't get beat up Krayshawn's oh my gosh mm. we might be that's true. <laughs> I, I think we'll be okay we'll blend right in just put on the clown makeup you know chug the fago or whatever it is they do there um but anyway how was your guys's weekend anything fun or exciting happened for you this weekend like we didn't do, do anything, anything fun no nothing fun yeah, same. I really didn't do anything either. Um, <laughs> I've been like trying to watch more things lately just because people seem to like them when we talk about things that we watch. Um, but that didn't happen. Um, a new episode of Monster Radio did come out. Um, and it's a, it's my favorite episode to date. It's the Flatwoods Monster. So if you guys haven't listened to that yet, head on over to Monster Radio. Check it out. Um, we did cover Flatwoods Monster over on this show, but it wasn't me and Pat. It was actually um, one of Ivy's later episodes. Um, and it was so it was one of the early episodes of the show. So listen to both. Fuck it. You got time, right? You guys aren't doing anything this week. Go listen to both of them. Um, Pato and I also dropped our Hell Your Retrospective over on the Patreon. And uh, that's been interesting actually we've gotten some pretty good feedback on it so far um people like the opinion so cool if that's something that you want to hear go over there i also unloaded some um kind of a an old case that i had um with some strange noises that were happening in the skies over Bryan, texas over on the patreon so um there's video there's picture um all kinds of uh write-up to read so again if you're not subscribed go subscribe to the patreon give it a month take in all the content and then leave. I don't care. At that point, I got your $8. It's fine. Um, you know, but but if you like it and you want to stay, I encourage that as well. So that's what I got. You guys want to talk about some news? Yeah, let's do it. I got, I got some cool news. Um, so <laughs> apparently the authorities in Brewster, Ohio, are hunting down some rogue kangaroos. So it's been, yeah, there's actually video of it. Also, um, there are kangaroos running around in Ohio right now. Um, it's interesting because Ohio has a history of like these phantom kangaroos, and it's kind of a weird. It's a very odd. I don't know if it's a cryptid. I mean, I, you know, I don't really know what to call it. People have been seeing fucking kangaroos in Ohio for a long time, and so there's these two kangaroos that have popped up. Um, they think one might be a wallaby, but they don't really know um, because they only ever saw like the one in the video. 
Um, but people have been reporting a baby with it. So it could be a wallaby and a kangaroo. It could be a, a, a wallaby or it could be a baby kangaroo and a, just a kangaroo. Um, there are people like you can legally keep kangaroo in Ohio. Yeah. When you Google uh, Ohio kangaroo, the like one of the first things that comes up is Ohio kangaroo permit. Yeah. Yeah. You can have them. Right. So, <laughs> so this could be just someone's escape pets. Um, you know, that is likely the case here. I don't think that we have natural kangaroo population in Ohio. But then again, like I said, there have been kangaroo sightings going on here for a very long time. And it's really not something that people talk a lot about. I mentioned the Patreon and kind of, you know, how we uh, we have different shows on or whatever. Well, we do, an, we do a show called Weird World. And eventually we're going to talk about Ohio or we'll deep dive the Ohio kangaroos a little bit more. But we're still a long ways off from that. So, um, you know, links uh, in the description there. You can go check out the video if you really want to. It's just a kangaroo crossing the street. It's no big deal in Ohio, you know. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Any comments from, from, from the peanut gallery about the Ohio kangaroos? Well, you know... Um... I was thinking it reminded me of the Enfield, uh, Illinois, um, yes. Enfield monster, you know, 1973. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Some, yeah. Some people think that was a, a type of the same what, thing. What was that's weird been, about that was like the guy who, um, uh, saw the, saw it in his backyard and he like shot at it and everything said it had three legs and, um, its eyes glowed in the dark and it took off and, 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 you know, he, uh, they said they said there there was a kangaroo on the loose from the local zoo. Yeah. And then this guy was like, "Oh, it's not a kangaroo because coincidentally, he had li actually lived in Australia and owned a kangaroo." So <laughs> that, there's a lot is... of kangaroo stuff going on right there. <laughs> no, there definitely is. It's very weird. The local authorities are encouraging people that if you see the kangaroo, they brought in a team on uh well you guys listen to this wednesday but today's monday uh they brought in a team today to try to hunt the kangaroo but if you come across the kangaroos and um you know don't approach them they're not typically aggressive especially because they're these these are probably raised by people um but you still shouldn't approach wild animals but i'm probably going to go kangaroo hunting this weekend i'm going to be honest mm. okay it's like three hours for me yeah I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go catch a catch a roo. Should I? I'm not gonna tell anybody. I'm just gonna keep it in my apartment. You just told everybody. No. <laughs> I gotta edit that out. Damn. Um, <laughs> I had a pair of kangaroos when I was a kid. Are you just talking about the shoes? <laughs> oh, <laughs> never mind. Did you have to feed them? I fed it quarters. <laughs> quarters. Wow. All right. Well, that's Ohio's weird news. You know, this one is kind of something we've tracked for a while. Um, the ivory-billed woodpecker. We talked about this in an earlier episode and how there was a group that was trying to... Uh, so the ivory-billed woodpecker is... Um, you might recognize it as uh, Woody the woodpecker. That's what kind he is. They're extinct. And there's been a group that's been trying to prove that they're actually not extinct. They're still around. And um, this week, they actually released a video to the U.S. wildlife, uh, you know, fish and wildlife group of its drone footage of what they believe to be an ivory-billed woodpecker. And so they are trying to move them from the extinct list to the, you know, critically endangered species list. And uh, we're just kind of waiting on that verdict. But um, you know, I do have the video. I will again post it in the description. It looks like an every build woodpecker. So that's really neat. I think it's neat that they were able to um 
you know, something that small locate kind of a breeding ground for them. Because they've been like studying this area in Pennsylvania for a while, thinking that they were there and they caught it on drone footage, but we can't catch a fucking nine foot tall, um, you know, primate in North America. I don't know. Well, I think it's always good. Um, I mean, it's always... It's always encouraging when they prove that animals that they once thought were extinct are still alive. Whenever we can um, kind of grow the the biological tree a little bit and show that this stuff does survive, that what we think of, uh, what we know is like, oh God, I'm really struggling with this for some well, reason. Actually, why? I'm not, I'm not stoned. I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. My brain's just not working. Uh, no, just if, you know, that more animals could be out there than we think, you know what I mean? Or, or that, or that what we write off as extinct or endangered species are actually just, we're not observing them that they actually exist in the wild. I always think that's kind of cool, you know? Well, this is, is classic cryptozoology. I mean, people don't right. realize that. And I, I don't know why they don't recognize this, but um, you know, extinct species having sightings surrounding them and all these people saying, well, I know it exists because I've seen it is the exact same thing as what we deal with. with all. They just don't call it that. Instead, they call it, you know, biology and zoology and <laughs> things like that. Um, what's really going to be interesting is to see what, what U.S. Fish and Wildlife does with this footage. Is that going to be enough to classify these things as alive? Because they tell us that that's not enough to classify other things that, that we have video of as, as alive. Um, so we're going to wait and see, and it's going to be really exciting. I'm hoping that next week we have some type of update on it. Um, did you guys have anything to say about the ivory billed woodpecker? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know enough about it. Really. <laughs> I think that's really cool, though. Any, uh, like Pat said, anytime we get good news about how there's something's not extinct, like but we you know, thought it was. It's maybe, maybe they want us to think they're extinct because then they'll go extinct if we find out they're not extinct. That's a that's a good point. People people are monsters. That's what they do. I mean, you know, and there's been cases of um, it's weird, but there's been cases of government cover ups of things just like that for that reason. Um, oh gosh, there was one one animal. It was it was a particular type of owl in particular. You know, and I can't remember what it was. God damn it! But um, you know, they did lie about them being around for a long time because they thought that the, it would help the conservation up efforts because uh, you didn't have people trying to tour and go see it and go ruin the, you know, the area that they live in or whatever. Um, humans are just destructive. We suck. So I don't blame anybody for trying to keep us away from these things. But um, also lots of animals this week. Um, of course, another video came out of Britain of a big cat, a, a big, a big old panther um, that some motorists took. It was off in the, in the distance in a field. And I just, you know, when the fuck is, <laughs> when the fuck is the UK going to recognize that they have a large species of cat that lives in their area? Right? I mean, because there is constant evidence. I mean, again, just like with the woodpecker, the only thing they don't have is an actual body. But there are pictures and videos and sightings and footprints and all, and they just act like, oh, these don't exist here. Well, they do. And there's a lot of evidence to prove that they do. Um, so it's kind of ridiculous. Of course, somebody from, you know, the UK's basically uh, Fish and Wildlife said that, oh, no, they saw the video. They just think it's a regular old house cat. I've seen some big ass house cats before. I've never seen one the size of a dog. But that's just me. Um, you know, I don't know anything. I just have podcast. I don't know. So 
Yeah, it's the big cat thing I always kind of dismissed as like one of those boring cryptids. But uh, when I was reading Courtney Block's book, uh, the guest that we had on last week, she had a, a segment in there about the big cats of Britain. And there was something, <laughs> this, this anecdote's going absolutely nowhere because I can't remember what she said. But oh I remember God. reading it and being like, oh, that makes it kind of interesting to me now. Um. So I think the big cat. What it was? No, I can't remember what it was, but I just remember like making a mental note, like maybe you should look into, like, like when I was reading the thing about Alistair Crowley doing being the summoning the Loch Ness monster, yeah. and I was like, that's a good angle. Maybe I'll look into this Loch Loch Ness monster thing more. You know, the cat around in Tennessee here. You heard of that one, right? Oh yeah, the Wampus Cat's a really a really interesting one. Um, I definitely want to cover that sometime on Monster Radio. We didn't talk about that. We did an episode on cats, just kind of around the paranormal phenomena around cats, and then we kind of covered like big cats, and then of course the the Maltese tiger, um, which is a blue tiger, um, you know. But we didn't talk about the Wampus Cat. I don't know why. I always root for the Wampus Cat. People people ignore it, but you know if it gets a little bigger, I we'll start it. a Wampus Cat festival. <laughs> We have watched so <laughs> many creepy. Yeah, we're monitoring the situation over here. <laughs> Make it bigger. Be, be the pioneers of the wampus cat. <laughs> that sounds like a furry suit that you should get. It should be a mascot that you have <laughs> yeah. come out to your festivals. You, know, you can buy those things off Amazon, we found out, when we did the furry oh my episode. God. <laughs> and we did find that out. <laughs> we should, you know what? I, I, I should mention this. I'm going to be on that guy's show. Uh, no, we had, uh, Chris Holm. So he actually, we, he came on to talk about furries. He came on our show to talk about furries cause he's a furry enthusiast, but he actually, he has a, um, he's based out of Texas. He's got like a paranormal podcast too. And something that he does is he's a sketch artist. And when people have paranormal encounters, they can go to him and he'll kind of draw what they think they saw and he works with them. And, um, he wants to, I don't know, I'm supposed to talk to him on Wednesday. Actually, today. So if you're... Today, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> like a good podcast would be like a furry and a juggalo. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> well, that we are we already broke that ground. Furry versus Fago or something like that. And then have a, a, <laughs> topics back and forth. There you go. How many podcasts what can the... you handle, Pap? How many what? Podcasts can you handle? Oh, um... <laughs> Which one would you Limitless. be, Pat? Would you be the furry or would you be the juggalo? Um, I would definitely be a furry if I had to pick between the two <laughs> subcultures. Okay. <laughs> Just yeah. because uh, I don't like clown makeup. I don't like I don't like It's a hassle. Pancake. Yeah, and it runs and then smear it all over their thighs it's just fucking it's oh messy. my god <laughs> you know whereas if I'm in if I'm in a big gorilla suit you know it's just oh so just you'd chilling. be a gorilla you already know well, no, I mean, we discussed my, my go-to animal would be wolf. That's right. But um, I, I already own a gorilla suit, so I, that's probably how I would get my start. I, do I want to know why you own a gorilla suit already? Because I'm a filmmaker. Every filmmaker's got, like, that's when, when my kids joined the Cub Scouts and they had to do, like, skits and stuff, I was like, guys, Dad's got a costume closet. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I have a, I have a collection of monster masks and weird props and shit, and one of them is a gorilla suit, of course. I have a costume closet too, but I can't wear any of them around my kid. Um, so <laughs> you don't bring them to the Girl Scout uh, powwows or whatever you guys call. Maybe those? I should start. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Be real popular. It's uh, you know, I, I did. I showed up to one of my kids' uh, 
uh, Halloween parties when she was young and I was just wearing just, just this dress and it's just a skeleton. I mean, it's not crazy or anything, but I was the only parent there dressed up and I was like, man, <laughs> I feel really out of place. <laughs> so anyway, um, well, that's the news for the week. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about uh, William and, and Robin. Um, you guys have been doing a lot lately. You've been doing a lot for a long time though. Um, it, it, did it all start off with this mystic novelty code that you got going on or? Mm, I guess so. Yeah. Um, so we started, sure. uh, we started Mystic Novelty in 2019. Was it that late? Yeah, I think so. Well, I had written, uh, I wrote Saucers of Appalachia in 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. Something oh. like that. So I guess that's kind of what sort of kicked it off. And we'd been going to Mothman Festival and stuff for years, you know, and, and I'd been, you know, um, reading all kinds of stuff about UFOs my whole life, pretty much. But we, and we'd also done other businesses and stuff together. Like, uh, we'd, we were selling antiques and we had an Etsy store where we did like original artwork and stuff like that. Um, so this was pretty natural for you guys to progress into then. It just kind yeah, of all, combined your Yeah, it all came hobby. together to that and, you know, into the Mystic Novelty Company, which kind of really, uh, now is our main avenue for just whatever we like and whatever we think is interesting and we you know, kind of make stuff to do with it sure yeah and you, you guys make the best stuff i love you always you've always got great stuff oh, thanks like, we got oh a bunch God. of new stuff where we're getting ready to premiere yeah. that we're, we've we're been hard at work about. yeah <laughs> tell me that where's it premiering at uh probably it was going to be cryptid bash but it'll be mothman festival oh gosh so one. i should i should bring lots of money okay, <laughs> um my daughter loves your soaps so <laughs> that's what she uses but we have a whole new <laughs> so. line of products coming out so oh my gosh that's wonderful so so what how did when did you guys meet each other i don't know much about i guess you personally i just know that you're fellow weirdos really uh, uh 12 years ago yeah about 12 oh. years ago we were both in college and uh we met there and from then on it was just a ride or die on him. <laughs> <laughs> were you guys always mutually weird together or was one more weird than the other and the other just kind of followed suit Man, you gotta be weird to be I with think either we were of us pretty mutually weird <laughs> maybe we like follow each other down different weird avenues but it mm -hmm. we had a lot of uh, similar interests from the beginning sure okay okay and then well William, what made you want to write i mean how why did you go you know what i'm gonna make a, a ufo book um well i you know, I've been reading about UFOs since I was six or seven years old. And then, um, you know, I, I've written a bunch of other stuff before. I, I used to publish uh, magazines I had, like, ever since, I mean, probably starting when I was in high school, I would I published fanzines back in the day. And, um, and you know, I'd, I'd written other things before. So that was my first thing that, you know, was about UFOs. Yeah, I noticed on Amazon uh, the, the Mad Gasser book. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am going to order the shit out of that. And I can't wait to read it because that was always a story that like really fascinated me. And um, the mad gasser of that's you, right? I'm assuming. That's yeah. You. Yeah. I'm a okay. gasser, but yeah, I did drop them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get you to confess, but um, yeah, that, that was a story that always kind of fascinated me because it's so weird and it's kind of like in the same vein as like the spring Hill Jack yeah, story, was one of which is another spring Hill Jack and, I read about the Mad Gasser, um, you know, a long time ago uh, when I was a kid, and um, it was just a blurb. It was like one 
paragraph in a book that was about like, um, you know, one of those compendium of strange things type of books. And I remember reading something that Lauren Coleman wrote about it a long time ago. Um, but nobody had ever really, really written a book about it. And, and most of what you find on it, I mean, if you were to just Google the Mad Gasser, you're going to find it's going to come up um, about the one in Illinois. Mm -hmm. but, but of course, the one in Virginia predates that one by about 10 years. So um, the Illinois one could have very well been a copycat of the Virginia one. No, nobody knows for sure, but um, it's definitely a unique and strange, like sort of like true crime type of thing with uh, some weird, great horror movie elements that it would make a really awesome uh, film. Well, I think I read about, I see now I don't even know which, which one I'm familiar with because I didn't know that there was two separate incidents. Yeah. Um, I think the McCune I, one from Illinois is a little more popular. Uh, okay, yeah, culture, but I think Botetourt yeah. County, which is the one you wrote about, which came first, is almost a little more interesting, and it lasted a lot longer too. Yeah. The one in Mattoon, Illinois, was like just a matter of like, a, like between like a week, two weeks, or something like that, and then the one in um, Virginia lasted uh, you know, a couple months. It was over the started around Christmas and went all the way through winter. You know, when I read about that recently, it was, we were researching a show about Havana syndrome and I was reading a book about Havana syndrome and mass hysteria. And, uh, they brought that story up and how they thought that, that, that the mad gasser was an instance of just mass hysteria where somebody reports something one night and then it kind of spreads and yeah. goes from there. Well, there's a amount uh, of mass hysteria to it for sure. Just like there is with UFO waves or with. Sure. You know, yeah, uh, with COVID or whatever, you know, any <laughs> any event, you know what I mean? Like anything that scares people, there's going to it, it kind of lights a fire with people. You know, you had the like the Salem witch trials. Everybody always talks about that for mass hysteria and, mm. and the nuns who thought what was it? The weird like the nuns that uh, thought they were cats or something. It's like all kinds of weird stories in history of like strange mass hysterias. But I'm sure they're like in the. One in Virginia, the Bonneton County, like it started in the county, <clears throat> and then and then over time it spread to the city of Roanoke, which is, um, you know, obviously the yeah. only big city around there. But um, it spread to there, and by the time it spread to Roanoke, it was kind of just it it, it there was really no real evidence. It was mostly people like hearing something in the night or seeing a car drive by and then freaking out, you know. So. At that point, it seemed like it went in stages, you know, where there was like an original set of events that were probably a crime perpetrated by a specific person or people. And then there was like a copycats of that crime. And then there were just people freaking out, you know. So did you how did you make this jump from I mean, I know the Mad Gasser is kind of a weird one, but you're going from UFOs to, to true crime. And and that's coming from someone that doesn't judge because we do exactly that on the yeah. show. But, <laughs> but whatever, I'll, you're just interested in both topics or yeah, just things that I find interesting, basically. <laughs> and we've always been big true crime. people. Yeah, we've got a big of, true crime collection. Yeah. And, um we're collectors oh. of things. <laughs> so we we're, have, we're definitely one of our collections. But one of our collections is uh, very heavily true crime based. So. Sure. I, I, I can relate. Um, 
<laughs> the stand, <laughs> the collection. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I didn't, you know, I didn't know if, um, you know, there was anything in particular, particularly high strange about the mad gasser um it is a weird it is a weird case but yeah i just didn't know if it's because you had both interests or you know what the deal was i mean you should definitely write things that you love you know well not that you're in love with the mad gasser but maybe you are and i think one of your <laughs> themes that you were sort of going with was mass hysteria yeah. like a lot of what saucer's Appalachia or saucer's over appalachia was was Deals sort of bit, yeah. rolled off into uh yeah. hysteria and, and that's just one of the themes i always you know, and mass psychosis and things like that. You know, I think it's really interesting. I like you know, like cults and things like that. I find really interesting and um, uh, you know, weird religious movements and things like that. Sure. Do you have a short list for the next book. <laughs> uh, I was working on one about um, I'm on and off working on about um, uh, UFO religions. Ooh, Ooh, like Heaven's Gate. No, nah, not like the not the negative stuff where people like uh, kill okay. people or die or anything. Sure, <laughs> but just people who have like maintained and like have continued to do that. And there are different groups. I've interviewed a, a lot of different people from different groups. And um, uh, you have a lot of interviews that just sort of need to. I think COVID sort of threw your groove off yeah, a little bit. And... Yeah, I kind of got, but I still got. I've got a whole lot. It's it's a... more to do, but yeah. But you've sure, several interviews with people in it. I mean, I think if you approach a lot of these religions with like sort of like a respect, then they're very willing to talk to you and like want to yeah. sort of share what they're about. Yeah, you don't want to use the word cult. You know, what I mean, it has a lot of negative connotations right. to it, really. Like, um, oh, because there's nothing really any weirder about having a UFO religion than there is about having any religion, really. So, like, sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I, I just try to talk to people and. Um, and basically see what was um see what their beliefs are and and then how they sort of measure up against one another so i think that's a good idea because honestly anybody that does write about it i mean <clears throat> when you mentioned it the first thing i mentioned was heaven's gate because that is what you think about and you think about the propaganda and the sensationalism around those things because um people like bad stories and i don't mean bad like bad telling but just bad as in scary things that you know make people look terrible well, usually <laughs> the only time anything makes the news is if it's bad you know so like right. <laughs> you know you don't make the news for good things like um what was it the other day we saw something that, like an animal that was like that had been saved or something or it's oh, no, a wholesome news story well you know like the <laughs> whales you know there was uh, a long time ago it was like save the whales all the time and now like if you look it up they did you know, they yeah. they're the whale population is not in trouble anymore. But you never hear people going, "Hey, let's congratulate ourselves on how we saved the whales." Or, you know, the guys that there's a guy out there right now cleaning up the Pacific garbage patch. You know, or you know, you like, never see any articles on that. How many hippie? Yeah. How many hundreds of hippie communes were there in the late '60s that didn't kill anybody? But yeah. the only one you hear about is the Mesa family. <laughs> Right. That's it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's, it is, I was talking about that the other day about the ozone layer. Remember how that was like such a big deal and like there was a hole in the ozone layer. Well, now it's not anymore. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I, I apparently, you know, nobody talks I'm about it. I'm still using my hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's just not a problem, I guess. Or we, we're just ignoring it. I don't know because nobody writes about it. So <laughs> I, um, I, think, but, I think my carbon footprint is, uh, is very similar to the size of Bigfoot's. 
<laughs> trying to be anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I think that's neat. Well, I mean, we're not we're not going to pressure you to to get on to write your book. We're we're both artists. We understand. Yeah. Um, Takes you know. time. You <laughs> so. just got to, you know, inspiration hits. You know, you can jump on it for a while, and then I don't want to be. You know, I don't want to be a hack or anything. <laughs> sure. Well, and you, you guys are doing so much. I mean, you did this, uh, you know, you guys curated this whole, why did you curate this whole UFO festival? Oh, yeah, well. That's it's a, something we'd wanted to do for a long time, yeah. but we wanted to do it based in somewhere that had a really good story. And that was in our area. General area. Know, and, and with Phil, I'm, you know, had one of the biggest UFO waves. And it was, I remember when it was happening and, and it was all over the news and it was and I knew people that that saw um ones from that and I had a UFO sighting around that time too and um so you know we just really wanted to do something like that that was nearby and that had that had a really good story that had been neglected. Much like the Mad Gasser is another Virginia thing, you know, that's just right up the road from Whitfield that had that you don't hear a lot about, you know, and there's a lot of cool things, um it's one of the biggest, yeah. it, you know, the Whitfield UFO wave kind of happened at the same time as a Bel as the Belgian UFO wave and had a lot of similarities. You, had, you didn't really hear a lot about it and the UFOs and stuff until now. And when you're seeing all these things about, you know, the rebranding of UFOs as UAPs, now you're seeing like, um, like the other day I saw an interview with a, a pilot that, was talking about seeing the uh, a sphere inside of a cube that was flying next to his jet, and um, that's one of the ones that was seen in Withville, you know, thirty year, thirty five years ago. You know what I mean? That's yeah, we're, we're in a wave right now. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and, that, and so we're we're living that, uh, you know, real time and watching it play out with the government being involved. Well, they were before, but with them admitting that they're involved yeah. this time, um, you know, so we're watching it happen. You know, it's in, it's interesting because, you know, one thing that you hear a lot of investigators and ufologists talk about is uh, uh, anywhere between the years 1965 and 1968, right? All this stuff happened. It was the craziest time in history, except not really when you really start kind of chasing those timelines and looking back i mean these things never really stopped and started um you know when we talked about the the flap you know and with bull um you know i just mentioned I, I didn't really think there was a flap so much not that people weren't seeing anything it's just that they had somebody to finally report it to and it just caught fire you know some of these things catch on and so people kind of become aware of it for a minute and then they're bored with it and then it's over <laughs> so and i think that's you know personally I think that's what happened and why this seems so large. It's not because there aren't mass amounts of UFO sightings happening. There are. It's just that, again, they had someone that they could report it to. Yeah. And it was on. kind of fun for a while. Or like the 1973 one, you know, that Saucers Over Appalachia is about, which it's a, it's just about our region during that time, you know. But I, I researched the whole thing for it, um, but I wanted to write about the specific area. So... Like, really, when you look at it, that's really a, it's a good example of, like, the anatomy of a UFO flap, you know, like, it kind of, mm -hmm. it starts on the West Coast, and it really, like, moves across the entire country from the West Coast, and you can go, you can just really go month by month in newspapers, and you'll see nothing until, like, October here, but, like, in California, it was, like, the beginning of the year, and then in the, uh, 
you know, around Colorado, it was like March or something, you know, and it, it just moved like month to month uh, across the country like that. And that's kind of the way yeah. they do a lot of times. And um, then you just have, it depends on what happens in that specific area, because really on the East Coast and, um, and in the South, you know, the Southeast, like there was a, you don't hear anything about the crazy stories that happened around here and the UFOs that landed in people's yards and, and tried, right. to, tried to abduct f- children and things like that. But you, the flying burning houses, like that yeah, was insane. And, I, yeah. And what you do hear about though is Pascagoula, you know, like that's usually right. like one thing will kind of catch people's imagination. Like Mothman in that period you're talking about, like right. 66, 67. Like that, that's one that really catch it, caught the imagination because they had a great author write a great book about it, you know? Right. 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 They had somebody that was, that told the story and they told it in an effective way. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, if you, I mean, if you really start chasing, chasing down the rabbit hole, I, and that's what I found anyway, I, you know, I guess I can't speak for anybody else, but once I started chasing down the rabbit hole, I realized that it's a rabbit hole for a reason. It just doesn't end. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there isn't a good, there's not a good stopping point for it because these things just never, I mean, that's what, when I, when I give my Mothman presentation, it's about that. I'll give the, the history of point, the Point Pleasant flap and talk about it and then talk about how well, you know, and that was it. It was over, right? The bridge collapsed. It was over. Um, except not really, because here's all this that says otherwise, but just nobody talked about that. Yeah. It you just know. made a good, it made a fitting into the book though, you know. It did. It definitely did. Yeah, it was effective. They made a whole movie about it and everything. Oh, man, and was, the movie was, was terrible. <laughs> you talk about, talk about a terrible movie. We're best friends now. Some people come on the show and we'll talk about it, and they'll be like, oh, I love that movie. And I'm like, no. no. <laughs> it's terrible. People who didn't read that book at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. No. You even, there's no Mothman in it. <laughs> no. Yeah, they missed everything. It was, uh, had all kinds of great opportunities, was, you know. You, you read that book and it's just so visual, you know, and John Keel writes such such a great, great way. Uh, it really is, you know, it has all this imagery and all these, you know, all the weird guys that were working on the telephone lines wearing overalls and things. Yeah. And then the, the orbs floating over the river when he'd move his flashlight and they would follow the flashlight. All this stuff. Oh, they yeah. They don't include any of that. You know, it's like. None of that. And the Andrew Cold thing, it's like just totally ruined that, you know. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> well, yeah, when we had Tanya, well, and I, I talked to Tanya a lot when we had her on the show. She's really upset. I mean, they're still really upset about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just not going to let that go, um, which, you know, I don't blame them. But, um, yeah, I mean, they just, they did a terrible job and nobody's ever tried to, like, do it justice. And now we've got, like, and there's getting ready to be a found footage Mothman movie come out. I think it's found footage. I don't even know. It's some scary Mothman movie. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, Leave guys. Mothman alone. Somebody should, uh, right. visitors from Lanulus movie. That would be really cool. And then, like, they go to the planet and just everybody's completely naked. Yeah. And great. <laughs> it's great. I love I love the contactee movement and Woody uh, Derenberger was a very contactee like guy, you know. Oh yeah, he was, he was real similar I mean, to like a George Van Tassel or a, a Damsky or. Yeah, what? he really embraced it. What's, I mean, he really just went full on with it. What's the guy wrote from outer space to you? Like another oh, one of gosh. those contactee guys that like I, they all had a very similar type of story, which was I love that the with the Nordic. Uh, beautiful alien women they fly you around the solar system and show you around and stuff it's yeah it's very it's very romanticized i like the Darren Burger case a lot yeah because 
because Tanya now, who has a totally different life, um, you know, than her father, um, I mean, still goes on to share the story, you know, knowing what her dad went through still goes on to share the story. Like, hey, this is the thing, you know, and, um, you know, still has a very, it's interesting to see because in, in the Landulosians, I think is what they're technically called, and, you know, in their culture, women are very, they're not looked down upon. They're just very much like, you know, how women used to be here they're just not as respected they're not allowed to leave the planet things like that and then tanya a woman in america still says that yes that's the case which just i don't know gives it all the more credibility uh you know to me well it also um, reminds me of the uh the hollow earth uh people there's a lot of different hollow earth stories that are real similar like that you know where they have these whole entire societies that they they uh describe in great detail you know that are enclosed inside of the earth yeah, we've talked about covering that. Eventually, we'll cover it on the show. Um, because yeah, I have a massive reading list, and the Ray Palmer stuff oh, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely on there. I would like to really do John a deep dive Sims, on that. Uh, you know, John Sims, Simsonian. I don't oh. know. No. Look him up. That's an Ohio guy. He's buried in Ohio. Oh, well, I should definitely look him yeah, up. Yeah, there's then. a big, uh, he has a big uh, stat- statue or like a big uh, obelisk at his. Uh, Oh, I didn't know that. I'm definitely going to have to look that Very up. Very big because uh, that's... hollow earth ca- uh, guy from the 1800s. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't deep dive hollow earth yet, um, pun intended, but I plan to. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's popular. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> it's popular. I mean, people really have been talking. Even like we did the, I, I said Monster Radio, we did the Flatwoods Monster episode, and we do a live pr- premiere of it on YouTube um every sunday and people were on there saying well how do we know this wasn't from you know within <laughs> i was like well i don't know there was a spaceship and stuff yeah, who knows you know who knows i mean she could have came out and she went for a joyride and crashed i don't know what she, what braxy was doing in west virginia but she was there and we talked about it so. <laughs> some of these uips you're seeing go into the water yeah and then they, they've been doing that for yeah. a long time really like what was that one up in um was it sag harbor maybe back in the day that one that they would go underwater up there off the east coast uh northeast i had somebody i mean i've gotten reports of the of the thing of like usos and things or things coming in and out of water but i had somebody it was interesting because they told me about how they were a young kid with their father and they were fishing on in somewhere some lake some big lake somewhere and they had came across a craft in the water and they could see it was lit up and they could see like the outline of it lit up and his dad got very scared. So they left, um, of course. But what was weird about this was that this was somebody that I was talking to who did not know what I did somehow, um, didn't know what I did. So they weren't coming to me to share a story like people typically come to me to share a story. They just completely out of the blue was telling me about this encounter that they had as a, as a child. Um, so those are those are really fascinating stories. A lot of people think that they, you know, either live within the earth or they have a base within, you know, under the water. Uh, the water would be a great place. Well, to I heard somebody. Like I heard somebody mention. I was watching something, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember who it was now, but they mentioned something I thought was a really great. You know, it, it's a great story if it's not true. You know, but sure, it would be like. Um, what if what if these UAPs, you know, the you know the orbs and the little pill shaped things and the ones that zip around real fast and go back in the water and stuff? 
what if that is leftover technology from a past civilization that was here and the civilization is all dead, but these are just their little robots, their little drones, and they're still alive, you know, because they're not physical or they're not biological, you know, so they're just like, they just live forever and they're just going around doing whatever motion that they were set in motion to do in the beginning, you know. That's very. That's a very neat concept. That's really cool. I hadn't. I've never. Well, we've played with the idea of, of course, um, you know, greys being like worker bees, not actual beings, but they're that they're doing their job, and maybe they're mechanical or something. Um, so it's not like that's a faraway concept. I could buy that. I'd buy that yeah. for a dollar. I mean, even even if they aren't inhabited, even if we're just finding this technology and there's kind of like this global arms race to find this leftover stuff, you know, and we're trying to trying to grab it whenever we can and figure out how it works and what it does. And different people who have different countries have different pieces of the puzzle, depending on what they're finding in their own backyard. Um, I think that's super interesting. Oh, then I heard somebody you know? say they were Nazis from the future and that, that Nazis oh, had God. learned to... Um, time travel so the nazis time traveled away after world war ii but they made a deal with eisenhower um or no truman i think it was that said that they they could come and abduct people here for exchange for technology so that it's actually nazis time traveling back in time from their future home abducting people uh from our time now i'm gonna go out on a limb and say i'm not on board with that one <laughs> <laughs> Prove that it- I just don't want to live in a world with time traveling Nazis. I don't know. I, I think sometimes people try too hard to develop a unified theory of everything, where they just throw all the things in one pot <laughs> and hope that it hope that it'll somehow work. And you know that would be nice. It would be nice if we could somehow lump all this phenomenon together and figure out one explanation that kind of ties it all but i don't, I don't know they yeah. probably also created bigfoot and i was gonna say is, it's nazi sasquatch from the future it's it's definitely sasquatch from the future <laughs> they live on the dark side of the moon that's why we can't take a picture of them because they have their cloaking uh their predator cloaking and they can just disappear i mean that's just what they do um <laughs> you know there there are a lot of very interesting theories out there but you know i I say it all the time. If any of us had it right, then the rest of us would be out of a job. Um, So, you know, I don't know if that means that any of us are any closer to the truth. I hope that at least one of us is kind of getting it right somewhere out there. Um, But for the most part, gosh, all these theories, I mean, they're usually a pretty far, pretty far away shot in the dark and have any other chance of, of, of being real as anything. I don't think we can time travel. I love time traveler stories. They're one of my favorites. Um, But I don't think it's, possible just because if you were to time travel um you would go from a third dimensional being to to a fourth dimensional being um but i guess it could happen i mean why couldn't we evolve dimensionally like we do um you know physically you know biologically current well you never Um, time travel with that attitude that's true (laughs) that's true we do time travel stories though john tudor uh yeah i love that stuff yeah love that story yeah no, yeah, no, no, it's a good story. What was the other one from England? The guy that had the computer. It was like it was a similar. Is this the one you sent me not that computer. long ago? Yeah, they were talking back and forth to somebody from the like 1600s or but something. They had like all the language wrong and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the John Teeter really? thing is pretty crazy. You know, there's a John Teeter too, and if he hears this, he will sue us. <laughs> oh, he does follow us on one of our Instagram accounts. I can't remember which yeah, one. He's very litigious. Does he really? He's very yeah, litigious. I think it might be our personal he, uh, one. I believe but... he thinks that. 
you know, he kind of owns the story of John Teeter, but he just kind of came along many years after. I don't think it's John Teeter. Unless John Teeter went back with the, got his IBM computer or whatever, went <laughs> yeah. back and then came back again and had to get an iPhone or something. Well, John Teeter said that, you know, he had all those predictions and he said, well, they probably didn't come true because he's from a, there's a different timeline. So this is probably yeah. John Teeter from a different timeline. Yeah, yeah, it could be. And I'm done. Uh, no, never mind. <laughs> there was one gentleman that i tried to reach out to because what will happen is like this some i'll come across some phenomena and i'll start researching it and then it's crazy i, I go and i look on facebook and we're always friends on facebook always <laughs> and, and this guy was like calling into um coast to coast and was talking to art bell about how he had invented time travel except he needed to raise the funds to purchase generators in order to build the machine. He had built a small enough machine and he had teleported like a screw from one spot to another. Um, this man actually served time in jail because he stole generators from the local utility company. And, uh, you know, so he goes on, he goes on Art Bell's show. He starts raising money. People are sending him money. He finally goes back on. He goes, you know what? I'm ready to, to show the machine come to this address at this date and time and I'll be there and I'm going to time travel. And then he just fucking disappeared. Nobody ever heard from him ever again. Time travel. Except for me because I'm friends with him on Facebook. Hey, would you rather have a uh, time machine or a teleporter? I'd rather have a teleporter. I'm going time machine. Time machine. You're going time machine? Uh, well, does, that your, does your time machine, like, are you just going back in time in wherever you are? Because that's my problem. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have right. to transport it. You can't go back to New York, 1812, if you're sitting in Tennessee. You know, you got to take the shit to New York and then uh, crank it up. I would think that, uh, let's just say for the for this thought experiment, that the it's some kind of personnel device where it teleports your body. It's not a gate that you walk through. Like, more like, a, like the Voyagers TV show from the 80s where they had the little handheld thing. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. That's a good Some, call out. Yeah. <laughs> something that moves you. There you go. Something that moves you personally and not, and not, that's not stationary because it gets too problematic with, well, what's there before? What's there in the future? Am I going to teleport? And that's, and that's the exact reason why I don't want to do teleportation is because of all the horror stories and stuff like Event Horizon or the Philadelphia experiment where people yeah, you come got crazy like, or something on the other side. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. Hmm. But I'll go be a cowboy for like a weekend. Yeah. So, but then what if you come so you back? As long as there's not kind of one of those situations where like if I come back to this time, to my time and everything, not that it's rad or anything, but if I <laughs> if I were to come back to this time, that, uh, you know, is this does this exist for me or am I going to come back and there be a me here and stuff, you know? True. Well, and all that, you know? So, oh, my God. So my, my wife watches... Uh, <laughs> What what of our our books and movies that we kind of bonded with early in our relationship was the Time Traveler's Wife, and um, it was a book that she had read, and very early on in our relationship. And then they turned it into a movie with Eric Bana, and it was a movie that we saw early in our relationship in the theater and stuff. And they just rebooted it. I think HBO did or something for it. And now it's a TV series, and it's about a guy that gets displaced through time and he bounces around and stuff, right? So he goes back, but he runs into himself at different phases. Um, and his and his his wife or his romantic interest like knows different versions of him. She knows teenage, let's say his name's Carl. She knows teenage Carl. She knows 50-year-old Carl. 
she knows whatever right and i guess in the tv show he blows himself like he when he's a teenager he goes he goes back to when he's a teenager and the dad walks in on the two teenage versions of uh the time travelers <laughs> husband fucking and uh i don't you know when you talk about running into yourself in time travel i don't think that's what i would immediately go to and it was interesting um, that the author of that was like you know what i would do <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well no it was written by a woman that was not in the book and it was not in the first movie yeah, uh, that's like kind of like Anne rice had a very big uh fascination with gay sex like male gay sex yeah. Oh yeah, those Sleeping Beauty books. Have you, I don't know if you guys are familiar well, with just, those, but holy yeah, and, and and her vampire books are all like it's like as gay as it can be. They're all gay, yeah. <laughs> but it's but they're not having actual sex, you know. But it's it's clearly like she's got a real fascination or whatever. Yeah, she um yeah, and then she tried to backpedal into Christianity and was like, no, I never said any of that, or you know, <laughs> it's, it's, well, I mean, she was just way all over the place. But yes, she definitely had some things to some kinks to work out i think hey, rest in peace, though. Uh, she just died kind of recently and she was a great writer she did and you know i'll tell you i ate those books up as a teenager so oh yeah <laughs> sleeping beauty was very formative to my development as a <laughs> <laughs> i i believe it <laughs> but if you could have your okay so so let's say you have your handheld time traveling device what if you could like so i would take the time traveling device if I could like hold on, like put, if I could like touch things and take it with me. Oh yeah, like you just grab, you put like hold hands with somebody and they go with you, you know. Well, just like yeah, like you could take a person or like you know basic things like penicillin, um, or you know. I mean, you can take what things. you can carry now. You can't like just you can't just start time traveling baggage. <laughs> <laughs> take a whole hospital you with you, like I'm you can take a carry on. You can take a backpack full of essentials. <laughs> You just talked about There's smuggling people. Now you're limiting it to one bag. I'm just saying. Like, well, that's true. That's true. I don't know. Well, maybe it weighs the soul instead. I don't know. Like I said, it was like a well, weight mine, limit. Mine will only hold like a, a certain weight limit to that. Like a, I can either take a person or I can take a a, a nice mid-size uh, carry-on. See, and this is why time yeah. travel doesn't exist because you have inconsistent rules. I have consistent rules. I invented it. <laughs> well, I guess if you invent time travel, then you get to choose the rules. So whoever whoever invents it first gets to decide. John I think that's fair game. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair game. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So what do you guys? So you're gonna obviously you're you're gonna continue the the UFO festival. What else do you have planned? Do you know yet? Or are you just kind of winging it like like the rest of us? Because I, I have no idea what I'm doing. But maybe you guys have an idea uh, what just, you're doing. We've just been working really hard on our new uh, line of stuff for for Mystic Novelty Company. And we've we've got like we're kind of like launching several new products at once. So it's going to be a uh, at Mothman Festival. So that's pretty much taking up most of our time. And then we're gonna gear up for the next year's uh withville uh ufo fests you know towards the end of this year we'll start kind of hammering out who the speakers will be and things like that and then we're hoping sure. to probably not next year but maybe the next we're hoping to start another festival um in sort of like the uh like Sevierville, like gatlinburg pigeon forge area of tennessee um so 
we're sort of uh, gearing up for that one. That one doesn't have a story tied to it, but we'd like to do a, a we're, UFO. We're doing a different type. That. It's yeah. going to be a different type of thing. It's not going to be like, um, uh, it'll be unlike any UFO festival you've, you've been to. Sure. I'm excited for that. I can't, because this, you guys did a great job with this one. I mean, there was an awesome turnout. Um, you know, it was one a great of, location. It was, yeah. it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, we're super yeah. happy with it. We're really thrilled yeah. with it. Well, thank you guys for coming and being part of it. Yeah. Um, we're just oh, we're yeah. thrilled with the way it turned out. Yeah, everybody <laughs> it, seemed it was, to have fun, and the speakers were really good. And everybody, you know, they had a full house the whole time. Everybody that spoke did, and the vendors seemed to do really well. And the people in town liked it. You know, um, that's one thing we weren't sure about. They really right. It. And- it was really well received. I mean, my favorite part was going to the brewery afterwards and having locals tell me about just their experiences growing up with the story and how, you know, this this kind of changed that for them and how they're super excited because they had never had anything like this before. I mean, that was wonderful. I think it's cool. And I mean, to, to have it, it's kind of, it, you know, it's, and Danny, you know, uh, Gordon, you know, it's like to him, it, uh, he really you know, liked it because it's, it was sort of validated it, you know, because right. back when he was talking about it, you know, um, in 1990 or whatever, and, and the unsolved mysteries and stuff, you know, this was still like very much ridiculed, you know, and only in recent years, you know, with the, where the government has come out. Now you have like big name physicists and things like Michio Kaku and people like that, that are, you know, no longer, um, making fun of it and you know they're kind of like taking it seriously and like saying oh well, what is this even if they are acting like it's um oh well the possibility is probably a uh, uh technology from china or technology from russia or something right. like that it's like you know obviously that's not the case because it's this it's the same stuff that people were seeing 50 years ago 60 years you right know what i mean it's not new stuff you know it's just now they're not they're not ridiculing people who report it now you know <laughs> right exactly well i know danny gordon was talking about this was going to be his last event do you know if this might if it might have changed his mind to have seen the turnout and seen the support he did. i think he's i think he's i think he wants to do it again next year right? um so he he's already called <laughs> us and wants to start planning next year's event <laughs> good good <laughs> that's great no that's good gotta open invitation every time because sure so we're getting together with him next month and gonna start um start planning next year's event yeah that's his baby i mean mean, really you know when the first time we talked to him and we called him on the phone he was like i don't speak anywhere anymore um but i'll do this one because it's about with it was like a movie or something yeah you know we're yeah yeah, it was like, Fishing and then it was like, yeah, he was like very skeptical of it and like, what, you know, a little like holding us at arm's length. And then as the festival planning went on, he was like calling us every week, very excited about it. Like, well, you know, he, and he, we became good friends with him. And because you get real defensive, you know, you build up a lot of, uh, sure, because of people, you know, trying to, you know, make fun of you or portray it in some kind of weird light or make or try to make, yeah. Fun. You know, try to like, uh, you know, cash in on you or something like that. And that's not what we were trying to do at all. We were just wanting to have a, you know, um, have something that really just sort of celebrated it and, and let people come together and tell their stories and stuff. Cause that's one of the things that we liked about, you know, when we started going to like 
festivals, Mothman and Kecksburg and mm-hmm. uh, all these different Hopkinsville and all these places that we've been. Like every time you go to one of those, whether you're a participant just walking around or whether you're a vendor, um, you hear so many stories from people, you know, and it's, and it's a lot of time it's people that like never told their story to anybody, you know, really because they're right. fear of like, like being labeled crazy or something. So you'll hear like stories from like little old ladies that'll, you know, um, that they, they finally feel like this is a place where it's like, Oh, it's these people aren't going to make fun of me about it. You know, and I, I think it's cool to have that, you know, especially have it in a place where all that happened and, you know, all these people are still around, you know, I mean, I remember when yeah. it was happening, you know, <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not that long, that far back in the future, in the past that, you know, well, of course you time traveled there. And so you got to experience it firsthand, but um, I'm also old. (laughs) Well, it's a testament to the healing power of community. I think, you know, you you definitely changed the trajectory of this guy's life because you threw this festival and it it let him find the, uh, you know, acceptance or, or, understanding or audience that i think you know because he was a journalist oh, yeah and he was trying to just trying to tell a story man yeah that was it the story came to him he didn't go looking for the story the story fell in his lap and he ran with it exactly. and you know if the if that phone didn't keep ringing he wouldn't have kept writing about it yeah and it kind of in, in some ways it may have bit him on the ass and yeah, left a, bad taste a lot of problems back then you know and it, yeah yeah but now it's because of the fast and because of the you know you bringing all these people together um it, it added a nice epilogue, not that the guy's going to die tomorrow or anything, but like, no, it's a nice epilogue to the story. Yeah, Bookend you know? kind of situation, really. Like, yeah, I like it. I like that aspect of it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's why these events are so important, because like like I said earlier in the show, uh, me meeting Daniel and, and, and getting to meet him, and now we're doing the Y2K movie thing, or me finding spending five hours in a car with Ashers and finding out she was a juggalo like this is good (laughs) stuff comes out of the uh these events yeah way more than um me and ashes were kind of talking about like uh horror movie conventions and stuff before the show started and i never really got into those you know even though like i'm a filmmaker and i make shitty horror movies and my friends make shitty horror movies i still never wanted to do that thing but this thing i feel a lot different about um, I feel like this is actually, I don't want to say it's like group therapy, but there's an element of that because we're all these weirdo fringe people that are coming together. And this isn't just about getting like a Lance Hedrickson autograph or taking my picture with some extra from like season three of The Walking Dead. Like th- this is about coming together and, and I, this is where I got your book and it was an amazing book. It was one of the book, best books I read this year. You Thank know? you very much. Um, yeah like dude you're an excellent it's one of those things like where i was just like saying uh you know about how if i had a time machine i wouldn't come back to this time because it's terrible but there's but you know there are horrible things about it you know you got your covid and you got your uh, crazy political situations or you have yeah you know this and that that are awful things but at the same time you know you never had that type of thing in the past where people could have these weirdo conventions and nobody you, you know bats an eye you know, you that didn't exist like thirty years ago. <laughs> you know, that didn't exist yeah. fifty years ago. You know, you just basically had to keep it to yourself if you had some strange interests. You know. And what I'll say right. about these festivals that you don't even get off the internet is that sometimes, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this, UFO cryptic people sometimes a little hard to deal with on the internet, but in person, oh, yeah. people are really <laughs> friendly. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> yes, it's true. No, the um, I mean, it really is. I was talking with um, Kinsey Gleason one time just talking about how I think it was like more last year and it was like in between Cryptid Bash and Cryptid Con. And we were just both having such a rough time just in general in our lives and how basically it was just looking forward to these events that just carries you through sometimes, um, you know, because it's just, I mean, not only is it good for, for the people that experience this stuff to be able to have that community where they're not chastised for the things they've lived, but it's good for just us because it's important. <laughs> it, it's just very, it's, it's very nice to be in good company, especially because most of us within our regular lives um, just as regular everyday people are black sheep, mm-hmm. you know, and so we can come together with other people and, and just kind of, you know, bond over the fact that we're all fucking weird. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> you know, so it is, it is really nice. And, and I'm glad you guys have started doing these things. I mean, again, obviously you're good at it, whatever you do in the future, I think it's, it's going to, it's just going to continue to grow, um, you know, with these festivals and things, because that, that was great. I mean, Withville was a wonderful, people missed out. If they didn't go, they missed out. Um, they can so, go next year. Come next year. Yep. They can go next year. Exactly. <laughs> exactly and see what it's about because it was um it, it was probably the be- one of the best events i'd been to so far wow. um but i agree that it it helps these people you know when i did the uh when i did the erie pennsylvania event it was kind of a different situation you know i've, I've spoken at events before this was a little different than that because it was me getting on a stage in like a talk show style setting interviewing people about their encounters and there was like an hour blocked out in the day where we weren't. So of course everybody that came up already knew who they were. I already knew their stories. We already kind of talked about it beforehand, right? It was it wasn't staged, but you know there was some readiness there. But there was an hour of time carved out where what we would do is offer anybody that was attending to come and share their stories. And people did at first. They were kind of like mm, hesitant about it but as like other people started sharing then they just it just kept happening and then even afterwards standing at my table people were coming up why well, I, I had this experience or you know whatever and and i think it is um it, it's very healing for them to be able to unload that onto somebody who's heard much weirder stories than they can even imagine so well <laughs> that's that, good. that makes me think about when i did the mad gasser book you know um i did a lot of podcasts and i did a lot of uh speaking engagements for that and and some of the ones that i did what one of them i did in uh, botetourt county and um a lot of the people there had like there was there was some really old people there you know that um they remembered it from when they were little kids or something you know their parents were uh people that were players in the book you know and uh so we had a lot of you know, it, instead of like it being like a, it was a great talk because we did it at the library and um, was it in Fincastle, the library? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, instead of it turning into like a really a and a type of thing or whatever at the end, it, it was really like this really conversation like that went on for a long time, you know, between all these people telling and their stories and stuff. People yeah. were able to give us great information. Like we had gone out and tried to visit some of the sites that we'd read about in the like 1930s papers, newspapers, but the names had changed and they were like, Oh, right. well this street changed to this name and this street yeah. changed to this name and the people that own this farm, it's now called this. You know, and nobody who would have known that, you know, yeah. that's not going to be published anywhere. You know, that's just like, right. You know, that's those people. So it, it was really, and you know, they hadn't got to talk about that to anybody 
you know, their whole lives. <laughs> right. Right. And it just kind of, well, and that's, I tell people that there's shit that you can't Google. <laughs> you yeah. just can't. And you get it from, from the people, um, you know, that, that, that you're talking to. I mean, you know, it's crazy. I tell people all the time when I go to, um, things like normal things, parent teacher conferences, when I go to like a kid's birthday party with my 10 year old, I start talking to the other parents. It is always kind of weird. Cause one of the questions that people ask you as an adult is what do you do for a living? Yeah. And then of course I, I tell them, I, well, I'm a 40 investigator. What does that mean? Oh, I just, you know, study things like Bigfoot and UFOs and ghosts. And, and it's always awkward at first. Cause I'm always like, Oh, here it comes. I, I always like preface it. I'm like, well, it's going to get weird. But you know, I tell them, I have yet to have anybody that's like, oh, that is fucking weird. You're fucking weird. Leave. You know, usually they start telling me either they had something that happened to them or they knew somebody that, ha- you know, had something happen and they start telling me that story. Well, you know, what's weird is the other day in town here, like uh, three miles from our house, I got behind a guy on the road who was a ghost hunter and I didn't know him. I had <laughs> yeah. a bunch of ghost hunting yeah. stickers on the back His of the tag car. said like ghost something or another, like ghost one, two, three or something. And then he's like, he had like uh, a paranormal investigator, like he was like, for, like in it, you know. And, <laughs> and I was like, know I was like how like... do I not know this person? <laughs> and you have to be best friends. I... <laughs> People moved in across the street and like three houses down from me, and they have a Misfits flag hanging from their front porch. And like where people would have an American flag or a, a Bulls flag yeah, or something. Yeah, so they're in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, they got the crimson. They got the crimson ghost. And I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? Who's gonna move in? Who you know? Like every time I walk past, I just want to go up and like knock on the knock on the door and just be like, where'd you go to high school? What like, Bobby Steele when he answered the door? <laughs> you know what you do is you go and buy a bigger misfits flag put it on your yes oh yes that's a good i idea. like the way you think robin exactly no that's what you do that's how you, that's how you handle that one get a black that's flag. Flag. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> that's how you make friends i don't know you know i think that we should be more um you know we i like so I was at the popcorn store. It was gourmet popcorn store. And I take my daughter to it. And uh, she was a lot, not a lot younger. She was just younger. And another little girl and her parents walk in. It was such an awkward situation. And the little girl and my daughter start talking. And one of them says to the other, hey, you want to be friends? And then the other one's like, yeah. And then me and the adults start kind of laughing about like, it's so easy to make friends as a kid. Like, why don't we do that? Just be like, well, yeah, you want to be friends? And then we're just friends with people. And then like, like that was like the end for us to be like, okay, what's your phone number? Let's go have coffee. And and nothing ever came of it. We just got our popcorn and left. <laughs> <laughs> Super awkward. But you you address the awkward. I have like yeah, and then just just did nothing. Didn't follow through, and I, you know those those two people could have been my soulmates, both of them. And now I'll never. Know. But <laughs> no, I when I deal with like my my kids the parents of like my kids friends like they always seem like adults to me yeah you know you ever notice that like there's some there's some like other parents that are like your age or something or they just seem youthful or they seem like you know like your peers but then the vast majority of them just seem like adults and you don't and i'm fucking 41 years old. like your parents right yeah and i'm still like oh hey hey mr you know genevieve how's it going like (laughs) you know I called off work the other day at my regular, I have a regular person job too. And I called off work and I was like feeling like terrible. I feel, I have terrible at calling off work. Like I feel bad about it. And so I was like, 
in hiding. I'm like, I can't get on social media. I can't do anything. I had to like verbally say to myself, like, I'm a fucking adult. Like, I'm allowed to not work today. <laughs> do, you, do you think they're going to stalk you like that, though? I guess, which they're not going to, and they don't care. It doesn't matter. But I just, I don't know. It's just that, and maybe it's just I'm not old enough to have hit that point yet in my life. Um, but I don't know. I just, I've always felt that way of like extreme guilt about doing things like that. And maybe that's about just not me. fin doming for a day. That's what I think you feel. Yeah. <laughs> just that vacuum of not wrestling people's money Jesus. from them. I felt that all the time. I'm not rich enough to fin dom. Um, that's, but that's exactly what you do. You're just a professional fin dom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, if it gets me some sales from the show, then I'll take right. it. Um, <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah, so what were we talking about before all this? Oh, my gosh, uh, I don't remember. Oh, just people sharing their stories. I'm really glad that you guys were able to do that for Danny um, because one of the things that, you know, some of the locals were talking about was just how, you know, they grew up and, and they always, like, perceived this person as that's crazy Danny, you know, and, and it, it's awesome that, you know, they were able to take in these stories and, and really hear it from the man himself and change that perspective. Yeah, it's a shame uh, that, you know, that he had to go through a lot of that because, you know, he's just a guy that was in a, a weird position, you know, at, at a really weird time. And he just happened to be the central hub of which it was all kind of rotating around, you know, and yeah, um, yeah fascinating. But, um, yeah, I'm glad he uh, I'm glad he, he feels a little better about it now that he's at least got to tell the story and um you know, to the best of uh, his memory and everything. And he's got to you know, republish the book, you know, which was good. Yeah. It's available now. You, people can get it from Amazon now instead of like, because before it was like, that was like a $150 book, you know, if you could find it. But right. now you can get a, the new new edition of it and it has some additions and corrections and things in it too. Like it's been updated and stuff. So him and Paul um, worked together and, um, uh, did a revised edition of it, you know, so I don't know if you got to get a copy of it at the, at the event, but it's, you know, he's still got those for sale and stuff. I did. I keep doing so awful. Actually, William, I have to buy both of your books, but I'm a book snob and I won't buy books unless they're signed. But then every, I was like saying this, um, when were we talking about this, Pat? I think when you had first read, um, flying so saucers over Appalachia and I was like, I don't have any of his books. And it's because every time we're at an event together, and I finally have a free time to go to your table. You're not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can only handle it for so long before I have to go to the bathroom. I'm the I'm I customer service person, and then he wanders off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I'm ter- I have such a hard time just standing at the table. Like, I, I don't, I'm not good at that. But then, like, I always end up, like, I'll walk away for a minute, and then I get caught up talking to somebody, and then that's an hour <laughs> or whatever. You know, which I don't hate. I love that part of it. That's my favorite is the people. To be Um, the one that goes to get the food and stuff, you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You get to be the uh, you get to be the maid service and the the chauffeur. You know, go to get the coffee, (laughs) go get go to get lunch, you know. You're like, I'll do it. (laughs) I volunteer for this. I'm that that kid that raises her hand in the school, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Hey, I don't like I said, I don't blame you one bit, but. The next time, well, actually, I'm going to be at Mothman, and I'm not there. I'm there as a spectator, which I, I'm right. happy. <laughs> yeah, he can't keep leaving me at Mothman. Yeah, so. I was going to say, surely you're going to be at Mothman, you know. Of course, yeah, the absolutely. First, the first Mothman I, festival since the whole pandemic situation. 
Um, it is. And so it's going to be just absolutely insane. You know, I've only been to one Mothman festival. I, it's crazy. Um, a lot of people, but I went, the first time I went was in 2019 and that's when I became an investigator and then there was no more Mothman festival. I went, of course, um, you know, we, we went last year. Yeah, we <laughs> there wasn't a there. festival. We, we went down too. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. You guys were there. You guys went to, uh, you went to the TNT area. Yeah. We went yeah, the... yeah. With the men in black guys. Yeah. 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 We went to, uh, that was when the first time we met Tanya. So we had to leave. I wanted to go, but we had, we had to leave to talk to her. So, which was worthy. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was cool. That's right. You guys were there. Yeah. It was, it was a festival, but it was not yeah, a festival. Was, uh, we had our own festival basically. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much and i was like i'm not missing this for the world like let's go down there um and we did i don't know if anybody went down in 2020 um but we were in west virginia a lot but we didn't go mothman festival weekend so i don't know what they, uh, they probably didn't do anything honestly because you know covid was heavy at that point in time i guess or whatever and so but yeah i'm excited to go this year so i'll, I'll definitely see you guys there um, and I'm going to come hunt you. I'm just going to hang out at the table until William's back so I can buy your books. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> Just wait. Yeah, like he can't, he couldn't have gone far. The town's like two blocks long. Yeah, so. true. <laughs> it shouldn't be too bad. So that's my plan. Um, is that your guys' next event is Mothman? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I don't think there's much happening in between now and then. Did, did, you guys went to Cryptid Bash this year, right? We didn't. I got sick, so we had to skip it. Unfortunately. Oh, wow. No, that's okay. I didn't either. So that's what you know. <laughs> Obviously, I, I would have known that you weren't there. Um, <laughs> that's okay. This next year, that one's doing really well too. That's oh, they're killing one. it. It's great. Oh, yeah. We were really sad to miss it this year. There's so many. I mean, there's been so many events popping off, and they're doing so well. Um, you know, and I, I don't know if it's just because people are motivated by staying at home or what the deal was there. <laughs> but we want to start one i want to start one in ohio um i just don't know it's a it's a big deal so we'll see um and this computer might very well die here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll wrap up pato did you have anything that you wanted to yeah just one last quick question uh was okay. the scrotum directed by troy pratter what's that the director of the scrotum yeah. troy pratter yeah Okay, just want to make sure it's the right one. Yeah, that's it. I feel like there's <laughs> probably not more than one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you never know. I mean, uh, there probably will be. There'll be like the ball sack and stuff like that. You know how like it was with gremlins? You had critters, you had munchies. You know? Munchies, yeah. <laughs> wow, munchies. The you know, ball the director sack, of this cool. big cryptid fan from West Virginia. He's from West Virginia yeah, originally. And... He used to be in Blitz Kid, you know. Um you know that wow you know that band that the um the bass player big cryptid guy you know he played plays with um i think he still plays with uh doyle right from the misfits or he has his own thing now too i don't know who you're talking about how do i not know who you're talking about blitzkin was um after they when uh jerry only and glenn dancing did there's a whole misfits it's, like band. A, it's a band that's from west virginia that they used to play around here yeah. and i had a band that we we played with them a couple of times and um but there was um but troy was in that band later on and then um and then the bass player from that band um argyle goolsby is his name he went on to play with <laughs> he went on to play with doyle and now i don't think he has his own thing but 
I remember when I first saw that, they first found that, um, uh, the original Flatwoods monster, you know, that drawing, Mm -hmm. uh, that was the one that was published in the newspaper back in the day. When they first found that, that's where I first saw it at, was he had, he was a picture of him with it. So I was like, oh man. I thought it was so pretty. That was after, yeah. What instruments do you play? Me, guitar. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's my last one. He would love to talk about it. He just got a new guitar. He's, a new guitar. he's staring at it when you my... ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking over like, do I mention it? Do I talk about it? He, he would can. love to, but it, you know. <laughs> she said, you know. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. Are you guys ever going to get into like any type of... Um, well, you do the author thing, but are you, are you ever going to get any any other types of media in the cryptid world? I don't know. Just see what happens. Or rule happens, anything you know? out. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Sure. <laughs> I love that. Well, I love that. I think we're all doing that. We're just like, hey, we're just going to throw all these things on the wall, see what sticks. Uh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> whatever I see what I to do, you know? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, good to know. All right. Well. I don't think I have anything else. Do you guys want to share where people can find your social medias? I'll post a link, but I guess you're supposed to say it or people don't know yeah, to look for it. you can find us uh, at Mystic Novelty Co. on Instagram. Um, we have the same shop name on Etsy, which is Mystic Novelty Co. Um, if you want to check out our festival, it's Withful UFO Fest on Instagram. And With our website is withfulufofest.com. And in books, uh, you know, you can look up Amazon, Amazon. They're or saucers. they're on Etsy as well. Sauces over at and Mad Gas are both on Amazon and Etsy. And then we'll, of course, we're going to be at Mothman Festival. And uh, you'll know us by the big sign that says Mystic Novelty Company. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for finally coming on. I'm sure when you guys make more stuff, we'll have you back on to talk about the stuff that you make. Yeah, and, it's fun. Uh, it was great being here, you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Um, Well, with that being said, guys, we'll see you back here next Wednesday.